Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. to you today. I know God has given me a word that I know that is for you. About a week and a half ago, I was praying to God, Lord, give me a direction. Give me, give me a direction where you would want me to go in this message, what you would want me to speak about. And I felt the Lord told me right at that moment, worship is my weapon. So I grabbed my paper out and I wrote it down on my sheet of paper. It's kind of like what I usually do when God speaks to me. I'll write it down, kind of tuck it away and I'll get to it a little bit later on and I just kind of see where God's leading me. So I kind of wrote it down, put it down on my desk. That weekend, it was a busier weekend. It was, there was a conference here at the Harvest Church. Uh, I sit on a committee of uh, women ministers here in the Northern California, Nevada, Assemblies of God District and they had a, a conference for ministers, wives and ministers, women ministers here at the church last week that I was able to help put, to, put on. And on that Friday session, I sang a song. I don't know if you remember when I spoke last time at Mother's Day, I sang a song at the end of my message. And the director of it said, would you please sing that song? So I went ahead and sang that song on that Friday night session. And during the altar time, one of the women's pastors came up to me. In the, I was standing over there and she came up to me and she goes, Christina, I just wanted to say, wow, well, you were singing that song. God told me to come and tell you this. She says, God told me to tell you, worship is your weapon. And I looked at her, and I'm like, whoa, isn't that crazy how God works? But I knew, back to my notes, and I knew that is what God is wanting to speak to us today. So the title of my message is, Worship is my weapon. And today we are going to look at a passage in the Bible, which has always been one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And we are going to learn about Paul and Silas and hear about the incredible miracle that happened to them because they worshiped. And so today we are going to learn four ways on how my worship is a weapon. Can we pray this morning together? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for bringing us here today to church We don't take it likely likely that we can come in on a Sunday morning to worship you and hear the word. So I pray, God, as I plan to prepare, God, I pray that you take over. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come and fill this place, Lord. We need you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible with you today, let's get it out. We're going to use it today and dig into it and hear about this amazing story. We also have some notes that you should have received as you walked in. If you didn't receive it, raise your hand. The ushers will hand it to you. But we're going to open together to the book of Acts, and we're going to go to chapter 16. But before we get into Acts 16, I want to give you a little backstory of what is going on here in Acts 16. Here we have Paul and Silas traveling the region, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they found themselves in a mess. Anybody here today at times in life find themselves in a mess? They found themselves in a mess due to them preaching the gospel, and they needed a miracle. How many are in this place and need a miracle this morning in their life? They are in a mess because Paul specifically cast out a demon from a lady who was enslaved. She has slave owners. They own her, and they're using her to tell fortunes because this demon is giving her some powers and insights. So Paul gets frustrated, fed up, and in Jesus' name, casts this demon out. And they're losing money in this town. The people are losing money, and they are mad. And they get a mob against Paul and Silas. So now go to Acts 16, and we're going to start in verse 19. 
When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. You thought you were having a bad day, right? I mean, a lot of us have come in this place and we've had some tough weeks, tough day, bad month, tough year. But when I read this, I realize I'm doing pretty good, right? I mean, things might not be going into my plan. Maybe not things going into your plan. Maybe things aren't going the way you thought, where you want to be. But it could be worse. I could be beaten and bleeding and put in prison for doing the right thing. See, this gets me because, to be honest, if most of us would pull back from our problems, that we would notice that most, or at least some, of our problems have something to do with us. I mean, I, I know we like to blame everything out on everyone else. And God still loves us. He cares for us. We're still praying. But we can see that our choices have consequences. And maybe some of us are here today because of our consequences. But here, you see, Paul and Silas was put in prison for doing the right thing. They were completely, 100% in God's will, on fire for Jesus. And this happens. You see, church, we could be following Jesus and completely be in his will and find ourselves in a horrible place. And this is where I see at times a lot of Christians walk away from their faith because they had this type of thinking or theology that they would never have any problems once they said yes to Jesus. But Jesus never said that we wouldn't be faced with trials or tribulations, but what did he do say? He said he'd be with you while you face those trials and tribulations. You see, Paul actually had so many problems that at one point he lists them all. In 2 Corinthians, he talks about how he's been beaten with lashes and rods so many times, how he's been shipwrecked three times, not just once, not just twice, but three times, and imprisonment multiple times. Paul had problems while he was 100% in God's will. How does this happen? How is he in prison being 100% in God's will? Church, if our plan is that we will not have any problems, and that is not God's plan, then that's when we do have a problem. What happens when I have that expectation and it doesn't happen that way? That's when I have the wrong attitude. And when I have the wrong expectation, I end up with the wrong attitude, and I even pray wrong. God, why did you do this to me? Why did you let this happen? How can you let this happen, God? God, fix this, change this. Whether sometimes we do have the right to say that. Maybe things are unfair and things that have happened. But God is saying, I have you right where I want you. And God is saying, I am in control. And you might be saying, God, get me out of here. And God is saying, I put you there. And we are missing the moment we are in. We are missing the opportunities 
that we have. We are missing the impact we could have for him. About a couple of weeks ago, I had one of those really busy weeks. And it was one of those busy weeks where it was busy. You felt like you didn't have any time to breathe. Anyone been there where you just had such a busy week? You feel you can't even breathe. And then it might have been a tough week. And then all you can wait for is your day off. And I have Fridays off. So I just couldn't wait for my Friday. Couldn't wait to have my day off. I was frustrated about the week. It was a tough week. It was busy. And I couldn't wait for that day off. Now, on my day off, I like to do absolutely nothing. Okay. My husband likes to plan everything from the moment he wakes up to the time he gets, goes to bed. I am the complete opposite. If I can, I would like to take three hours to drink my coffee. I like to find a little, a book or watch a TV show, watch a movie and do nothing. Take a nap. People know I love to sleep. Uh, but I came up to this week, here I am completely frustrated actually about the week. And I came up to my day and I realized I can't really do what I wanted to do. I ended up knowing I have so many errands to do of the things that needed to happen on Saturday and Sunday. So you're thinking, okay. So then I'm like, I got to go there. I got to go there. I got to there. Now for me, when I do errands, which I hate errands, if I can never do errands in my life and pay someone to do errands for me, I would, I just, they frustrate me. It's like, you know, you just want to, but I'm one of those, if I do have to do my errands and I do, cause I'm a mom and a wife. And of course I have to, I want to pick the one place that has everything in that place. Like Costco, you can get a clothing item at Costco. You can get a cleaning item at Costco. You can get a battery at Costco. You can get food at Costco. You can do everything. Those are though, that's my type of area. I'm going to go one place and get everything or Target or something like that. But this time I just couldn't do all the things in one place. I'm frustrated. And I just was frustrated with the day. I had a lousy attitude, completely selfish, completely whining the whole day. Have you ever been, I just, I'm being honest. It just was like, uh, I just want to be home. And I had to do one last stop. I had to go to Walmart to get one last thing because Walmart was the only place that had this item. And it was something I needed to get for my daughter. And I was just, you know, I'm like trying to get, and I'm parking and I'm mad. I'm walking in. Whoever saw me that day probably did not see a happy Pastor Christina. But as I was walking in and I'm walking in and I'm, I'm going straight to where I needed to go, to know. I knew exactly where I needed to go. I heard, Pastor Christina. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I did not want to hear. And I turned around, looked. I hadn't seen this person for a couple years. And they began to share with me of where they were at. And I felt like God said, Christina, be in this moment. I have you where I want you to be right now in Walmart. Be in this moment. And as she began to share with me, I was able to pray with her and be able to give her and pray with her and to share some scriptures with her. And I was in that moment. See, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in Walmart. I want to be at home on my couch, drinking my coffee. But the Lord had me where he wanted me to be. It's not about where you are. It's about what you are doing, where you are. See, Paul and Silas understood this. You see, they are not where they want to be. And actually, it was not fair what was happening to them. They just got beaten, chained up. But let's see in verse 25 what they chose to do. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Say that again. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Can we pause there for a second? What were they doing? Praying and praising and worshiping in prison? I mean, I can understand praising God in church, but in prison? 
And I think most of us would be whining than worshiping. I'm letting you know right now, Pastor Christina was in that prison. I would be crying. Is my, is my back bleeding? Hey, prison over there. Am I bleeding? Is it, is it blistering? God, what are you doing? Get me out of here. I don't ever want to do this. I want to die. I mean, that's just to be honest. Your first thought is, I just want to die. And it makes me ponder if we would see more miracles and breakthroughs happen in our life. If we can do just that. We worship instead of whining. I know that we have all hard things we're walking through today. And we feel we have the right to complain to God, which I get. And he gets. But here we see in Acts 16, while we have the reason to whine or complain, we have way more reason to worship. We have way more reason to worship. Paul and Silas chose to worship because even when life is bad, they know their God is good. You see, Paul and Silas have already witnessed with their own eyes the miracles that Christ can do. They knew he was faithful. So their heart was, I'm going to choose to worship because my God is faithful. Do we believe that today? Do we believe that our God is faithful in every situation to get us out? Do we believe that? Can we have the heart like Paul and Silas to say, I'm going to worship even when things look bad? Worship is declaring the goodness and the grace of God in any and every situation in my life. What happens is when my praise goes up, his praise comes down. And whatever storm I am facing or whatever cell I am stuck in, I am going to choose to worship. Which leads me to my first point today. How is my worship my weapon? My worship catches God's attention. My worship catches God's attention. God knows what we are facing. He knit me in my mother's womb. All the days for me were written down. He knows that you were there and he knows what he is going to do. Sometimes what he is waiting to see is what am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Will I choose to worship him even in the midnight hour? Will I choose to praise him? My worship to the Lord catches his attention. But church, I want you to see something today. The Lord is not the only one watching you. Let's look at this, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Of course they were. Friends, people are always watching especially when there are people going through the same thing as you, when you choose to worship. Your family is watching you. Your coworkers are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your kids are watching you. Will you choose to worship? They are listening and watching how you are responding. Which leads me to my second point today. How is my worship my weapon? My worship is contagious. My worship is contagious. We may not be where we want to be, but when we worship anyway, that's when people notice. That's when people listen. That city on a hill gets seen. Worshiping in the worst of times is when the light gets brighter. When we worship, people notice. And I don't know what Paul and Silas were singing, but you know it must have been good. I'm not even sure if they actually had a good voice. It doesn't even say that in the word. It doesn't even say what they were singing, but I can only imagine what they were singing. But I can think of today, if there was a cell in prison right now, and all the prisoners and Paul and Silas were there, and they were chained up, 
and they were chained up. I could see them. And Paul starts singing, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. And then there's Silas going, oh, that's good, Paul. How about this one? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And then there's that jailer that's other prisoner that's out the other side. And he's going, that's good, Paul and Silas. How about we sing this? I know breakthrough is coming. My God made me a promise and it will come now. Contagious. We don't know what it looked like. We don't know what they were singing. They were in chains in a prison, but they chose to declare the goodness of the Lord. And it was contagious. Paul and Silas chose to worship their way through it. They chose to worship their way through it. Let, let's look at what, happen, what can happen when we just do that. In verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake, earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Church, this is crazy because Paul and Silas don't just worship their way through it. They worship their way out of it. Which leads me to the third point today. How is my worship my weapon? My worship breaks off chains. My worship breaks off the chain of addiction. My worship breaks off the chain of divorce. My worship breaks off fear. My worship breaks off anxiety. My worship breaks off unforgiveness. My worship breaks off chains. And church, worship truly is our weapon. And sometimes it's our only weapon. And we have it at our disposal. And a lot of us are missing this weapon in our life. We're missing the fact that our praise unlocks God's power. And if I have the access to that power, if my praise unlocks his power, then my worship is a weapon. And if we choose to worship over every other response, then suddenly in an instance, everything can change in our life. All of us today have something we wish was different in our life. We've walked in to this room with something we know God needs to do in our life. We're believing for the Lord to do something different, and we need a breakthrough. May we choose to worship because my worship breaks off chains. My worship breaks off chains. Whatever situation you're in today, worship is your way out. It's the key that unlocks the door to the cell that you've been stuck in. Worship declares the power and providence of God in any and every situation in our life. It reminds me who I am and whose I am. Worship lets the enemy know I'm not going down without a fight. Worship is my weapon. Worship breaks off chains. And while I can't always change the situation, I can change my response. Amen. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is for your life today, church? Start rejoicing. 
Start praising him. Start worshiping him. And start thanking God right where you're at. You might be in a season where you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But today you can make a decision right now that you're going to worship your way through it. God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going to do, but I trust it. I don't know what I need to do, but I'm going to pray and worship. Because when life is bad, you're still good, God. Even when people come against me, I know that you are for me. You see, church, when we choose to worship our way through it, at times, we will worship our way out of it. Our praise has the power to not only change our perspective, but change our position at times. And doors that we thought could never be open, guess what? They will just fly open all of a sudden. Mountains that we thought could never be moved, they will disappear. Chains that we thought would keep us bound would drop off our life. And we could find freedom when we choose to worship our Savior. Do you believe that today, church? And this is so important that I want you to see that it's not just for us. It's not just about us or for us. Let's look at this, verse 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his household, his whole household. Fourth point today, how is my worship my, how is my, worship my weapon? My worship is a witness. My worship is is a witness. Church, sometimes what we are going through is not about us. You see, Paul and Silas, they could have ran once the chains were broken off them, but no, they stayed. Crazy how they stayed in the cell. I can think of that if I was, the, you know, chained up and it was broken, I'd been like, peace out. Thank you, God, but I am gone. I never want to see this place again. They stayed. Yes, that miracle and blessing was for them but they realized it wasn't just about them. They realized it wasn't just about them. You see, they were blessed to be a blessing. They were saved to bring salvation. They were free to bring freedom. God used them to change lives because of their worship. And the Lord wants to do the same for you and I. He wants to do the same for you and I. You see, this isn't for just yesterday. It's for us now. He wants to do the same. But so many times we stay stuck in that cell and we think that's just where God had us and he's never going to get us out. But God is saying, trust me, worship me. So in your life right now, are you worshiping? Are you worshiping? Think about your life right now. Are you asking God to get you out of your situation? Or are you asking God to come in to your situation? Are you praying, God, move me? Or are you praying, God, use me? And 
let's invite him in in each and every one of our situations today, church. We may not be where we want to be, but, but we are right where we need to be today. God is calling us to worship right where we are because he is with us. He is for us. He is faithful. And he will walk with us everywhere we go, every situation, every trial. Church, may we worship our way through it. May we worship our way out of it because worship is our weapon. My worship catches God's attention. My worship is contagious. My worship breaks off chains. And my worship is a witness. Will you stand with me today, church? Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.